0: Some football. You better be. Jeez. With Father Dave and Deacon Bob. Here
1: we go, baby. <laughs> Ready or not?
0: Here we are. Oh, hey, I should do this I because I'm a bad podcaster. If you're watching this on video, give us a like. Subscribe to our channel. And check out faithandreason.com I'm where serious. you can find. No, it's good to promote other happy things that go on. You're right. And if you don't do it in the beginning, you know, our stats are like,
1: they basically just want to hear the theme song. That's probably it. Most sports. people are and most sports. people are going to and sports, right? That's the that's the driving factor. So your buckos won yesterday. Congratulations!
0: Oh, Baker Mayfield. You know, what do you geez. think about Baker Mayfield? Talk to
1: um, me as a person. No, yeah, fine, fine, yeah. It just he's just bumped jumped around a bit. It'll be interesting to see how he does. He was he's uh, always like he's received and it looks like he generally starts out great. Yeah. And then people figure out pretty quick. And he, no, he no, doesn't. that's
0: not fair. He did great with the Browns. Okay, I mean, that one, seed, you know, his rookie year with the Browns was okay. The second year brought him to the playoffs, yeah. beat the Steelers. This Third year got year, hurt.
1: This is the Browns year. Yeah, this could
0: be. We'll get to that in a second. And then they bounced him around. I think he was very poorly treated by the Browns. Poorly treated. And now he's being well-received. In the Tampa Buccos. Bay. So he was – actually, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's, yeah, no, he really is. He's not a spectacular player, but he's a hard worker. He did a number of runs. There was one – he he basically won the game by running a 10-yard run when everything was collapsing on third and 10. His and, commercials uh, are great. And his commercials are so great. So that's really what it's His about. commercials are great. So the Browns beat the Bengals, though. Yep. The Broncos lost. The Broncos lost. Wow. What an embarrassing.
1: I know. I know. I know. If you watch
0: the Broncos game, they began with an onside kick. Very gutsy. It didn't work. They also missed a field goal, they missed an extra point and they lost by one point. So
1: they should have won. Yeah, I, I'm doing the math. Yep, they should yeah, have they won. Yeah, they should they should have we'll absolutely. How, yeah, we'll see how Russell Wilson does. I mean, Sean Payton's, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah,
0: we'll Jury's see. still out. Jury's, Jury's still, still out. On. Um Chargers lost to Dolphins. Yep. I don't know if you saw any of those stats. The Dolphins l- make me cry. Do they? Yeah, that's true. I like Tua and I'm just going to decide to mispronounce everybody's name, say okay, Tagalabulaba.
1: Yeah, that's not it's, um, stopped, it's not
0: stopped us before. Four hundred and sixty-six yards passing, Tyreek Hill, the former receiver of the Kansas City Chargers, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs rather, yep, um, over two hundred yards. So they shouldn't have gotten rid of that guy. Yeah. Um, there, oh, here what, did I don't know if you saw this online. So the Rams beat the Seahawks. Yep. And um, there was a moment where so Aaron Donald is one of the best defenders in the NFL. He plays for the LA Rams. He's a very large and scary human being. And there was a moment where the offensive line just blew the coverage, and so Aaron Donald has a wide open oh path to Geno thing. Smith. So you could hear on the transcript Geno Smith screaming, "Oh my!" <laughs> and says something else, <laughs> which he everybody, comes. all the comments are like, "That's." Yeah. Probably what I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. if uh, somebody was running with yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess maybe the bigger surprise – or one of the bigger surprises was – The Cowboys? Uh, no. The, the, I mean the, how much they won by. That's for sure. 40
0: to nothing. The yeah. Cowboys beat the Giants. Yeah, Champions. I mean that's
1: all, it doesn't matter who it is. That's an unusual game. Um No, Detroit beating Kansas City. Yes. That was kind of – I mean, I think Detroit will be a better – obviously be a better team this year. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, That was
0: a lot of fun. That was the Thursday night game. Yeah,
1: getting to college football, which is what most people care about. Most people
0: do, but I should mention something. This was kind of funny. I saw this on TV. I I didn't understand it. Maybe you can explain it. So Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, I saw a clip of him. I I think he was in Massachusetts getting some kind of honor. Did he play for the Patriots at one point?
1: I don't – Think so you play for Tampa Bay.
0: Maybe he was on their practice team or something like know. that. No, anyway, no. there seemed to be a big something was happening in New England. He that's was wearing nice. a Patriots jersey. That's nice of them. Yeah, well, and probably that's every
1: the first ten thousand people who came to the game got a jersey.
0: Probably, and I and you know Tom's such a nice guy. He's probably doing that in every stadium. He's just wearing their I'll jersey exactly and he's making it. people feel better because that's what Tom Brady does. I bet you
1: that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So Notre Dame won. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's good. So they're three and zero. Oh. Uh, Colorado, Colorado baby. Deion Sanders. De- be, showtime. Be Nebraska, was he Showtime? Yes. Yeah. Which was a big game. Uh, Alabama lost. That never breaks my heart. Alabama so, yeah. lost in Alabama. That to Texas, first time in twenty-seven games or something like that.
0: Well, and it's the first time since two thousand and seven they've lost in a um, non-division right yeah, or something and, like
1: that. And, and double digits. They lost by ten points, but that still, double, still digits. double digits. Still, still double, double digits. digits. Uh, U.S. Open, Coco yeah, uh American, 19, years, 19 old. years old. I mean, just think about that. 19 years old is they hand her a check for $3 million. <laughs> That's why if you want like things, you should st- play sports. Yes, you should always That's just play. The s- That's the message, That's the everybody. Answer. Gamble or play <laughs> sports. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. really the best. That's jo- the American dream. It's kind of a, the two extremes. Djokovic won the men's championship, and he was 36. Uh, oldest person to win, oldest male to win it in yep. I don't know how long. So yep. he's- He's just unbelievable. But it's
0: worth saying a little bit more about Coco, you know, because last year, um, uh, who, who retired last year? Williams. was it? Serena. Serena yeah, Williams yeah. retired. And so she was the great female, well, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Oh, sure, sure. You know, but it was almost this, well, who's ever going to follow in her footsteps? And that's kind of cool. Like yeah. the next year, it's almost like
1: they script these things. It was interesting, too, because after Coco Craft won, she was, it was really a touching scene, you know, all the excitement. And then she knelt down. And was praying. Oh. And one of the ESPN commentators like, boy, she's just taking it all in. And Tony Dungy jumps in later and he goes, she was praying. Actually, people do that. (laughs) They're not just... You're not just taking it in, and then, as you can imagine, Babylon B just jumped on that. ESPN commentators are baffled at this ancient, you know, ritual. <laughs> thing. So, but it was good. It was good. It was a great. Yeah, I, I, you didn't probably follow the tournament a lot, but it was a great tournament. No, I was kind okay, of um, sucked up in that. So, uh, one more is a sports thing. No, no, you know, it's one other thing. Go ahead, Bo. good. Oh, yeah, so, um,
0: you mentioned, and this I guess was a prophecy.
1: It was, uh,
0: you know. Last podcast, you said that Team USA basketball was struggling yes. and uh, had lost, and I was like, it hadn't lost. Well, then since then, it They've lost. Lost
1: multiple times, yeah, multiple yeah, times.
0: Yeah, right. So they ended up um, losing, and they going. So they went to the not the finals, but the one where whoever wins mm-hmm. gets the bronze medal. They played Canada, and they lost to Canada in overtime. They went home with nothing. They lost to Canada.
1: They lost to Canada. We love Canada. We do. But we have to great Canada, respect to Canada. But losing to Canada in basketball well, is like
0: though the biggest players on Canada, the biggest players in Canada, of course, are in the NBA. Now yeah, you're so. actually seeing more and more of these world teams. They've got NBA players. Like, NBA has really become a global sport. I mean, even if you think about the last few MVPs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Joker, um, Giannis. Yeah. M- yeah. Embiid? Is Embiid? I don't think so. I
1: mean, just yeah. think. We're but I'm just saying, like we're, yeah. we're
0: seeing it. We're seeing a shift, even in the greatest players in the NBA. They're all from. Around they're, the not Ameri- they're not They're you not know, American this new born. New kid coming in is this French kid. Right? Oh right, yeah. yeah, Wimbiana.
1: Yeah, and I mean, next thing is we're going to start losing curling. <sighs> don't I mean, don't talk that way. I, it's ridiculous. That it's is the American ridiculous. sport. So um, and spike ball. So chatting with um, pickleball. Mm. played pickleball for the first time at my little brother's place.
0: What is it? <clears> is it? Is that's like a weird hybrid of like. Ping pong and- Tennis, kind of. Yeah, it's really-
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. It's really fun. We had a great time. Do you have and to have a
0: special court?
1: Yes. it's oh. a, It's like a really smaller, very small version of a tennis court. Do we have a pickleball we're court We're putting pickleball- Fren- There are no pickleball courts in Steubenville, but it, it, down at Casey Hall, we're putting in pickleball courts. Ooh. So we are trending here yes, at Francis baby. University. So I was chatting with my mother, and she-, she My mother yelled at me. <gasps> yeah. She
0: had every good reason.
1: Yep. she said, I, cause I believe
0: in you, Margie. You're a good mom.
1: Because it, she is a good mom. Um, but we, I thought we talked about Yosemite. Did we talk about Yosemite?
0: I, think you, I don't think we talked about Yosemite. I yeah.
1: think we talked about you going to Yosemite. You know what I bet
0: happened? We canceled that week. <laughs> no. Well, I think actually this is what happened. So um, sometimes people ask us, how much do you prepare for these podcasts? A lot. The answer is ten minutes before we start recording, and then often within the first sixty seconds, everything we
1: talked about we forget about except so, for the except for the last section. The last section yeah. that we care about. Yeah. So um,
0: I actually think a couple of weeks ago we t- had a great co- you and I had a great conversation about your trip. But we didn't, and then we hit record, and we were like, we should talk about that. And then I think it was the Jurassic Park anniversary, and then okay. that just you know it distracted took over things.
1: us. So went to Yosemite, uh, mom and I went, and. You've not been?
0: It's Is it outdoors? It is. No, I've not oh, been. Most of it is. Let okay. put it that way. Yeah.
1: No, it really is. It's, it's just stunning. It was one of the things that I've been able to travel a lot in the United States. And one of the few things that I had never seen that I really wanted to see, and it is is Old Faithful there? No, that's Yellowstone. Oh. Um, it is. Is Yogi Bear there? He is. He is. Actually, there's signs all over there, hey, hey, buboo that says "speed kills bears." You know, because they don't want you. <laughs> it's like, why are they doing in speed anyway, man? That's drugs. Right. Just say no. Didn't they see cocaine? Bear? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a fine yeah. movie. A fine <laughs> movie. Um, but it was great. It mean, really is. It's just. I mean, I kind of was obsessed with El Capitan because of that movie. We've talked about it, a Free Solo, the guy who climbs El Capitan Is that the guy that ropes. cut off his arm? No, oh, that good. was Aaron Ralston. Um, but he climbs El Capitan without ropes. I mean, just...
0: What's the one the guy cuts off his arm?
1: I don't like that one. I like, didn't even see it. 127 Hours or something yeah, where like was that. he? where was he, though? In, in Utah. Yeah, he is got... That,
0: is that where Yellowstone is?
1: No. That's in... Yellowstone is in Wyoming. And yeah, oh. so. Wyoming, Montana. Wait, where were you? There. Yosemite.
0: They all sound so similar.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Yellowstone, Yosemite.
0: <laughs> they they have the same amount of syllables. El
1: Capitan and Half Dome. So it was great. The, what is the, El Capitan? It's the it's a huge mountain, uh, granite rock face. We've talked about the guy that climbed it without ropes.
0: I mean, you might have. I probably we just went into my happy place. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was great. But it's it really is. Uh, as far as beauty, natural beauty, it's the most beautiful place I've ever been. That's awesome. Yep, so you should go sometime. And did you guys go glamping? No, Mom and I stayed in a little hotel. Okay. We also ate at Diners, Drive-In, and Dives. That's the places we ate on the way there, on the way back. From it's that TV show? show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we had fun, and we, we raided them, and it was great. Oh, that's it awesome. Was great. It was a good time.
0: Well, thank you, Margie, for screaming it. Dave, you need to do that more screaming often, Screaming, my, my opinion.
1: Screaming might have been a, not the best characterization <laughs> of what she did. Let me just put it out there.
0: Oh, wait, but we ended sports. All right. And now... Man, I'm going to get this right someday. Come visit Franciscan University. And play pickleball. Yeah, in our new courts at Casey Hall. Our visit days begin September 22nd. They're held Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays throughout the fall semester. You and your family can enjoy a tour of campus. Meet with our admission staff, join us for daily mass, and have lunch in the dining hall. We saved the best for last. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, we also offer special visit days for specific programs, including nursing, education, criminal justice, social work, the sciences, and athletics. Schedule your visit at franciscan.edu slash visit. That's franciscan.edu slash Visit, and we
1: can't wait to see you. They could possibly have a sighting. They could possibly have a sighting of you. Ooh, yeah, or you. Yeah, you're probably traveling. Yeah, but that could be like just an added bonus.
0: It you can come and it's kind of like a Where's Waldo.
1: Yeah, it's like a Where's Babbo. Yep, I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. Come so visit, I was...
0: by the way. You know, I would I would say this even if um you already know. Like what college you're going to, and it happens to not be Franciscan, just come visit us anyway because yeah. it's a great, uh, it's a beautiful place. We'd love to see you. The liturgies are wonderful. I always like to tell it's people the first, place. yeah, I like to say the first weekend of every month, every Saturday we have a festival of praise, uh, which is just a wonderful gathering of students and worship. And so if you come on a Friday and you stay for the weekend, it's a kind of a little quasi retreat for everybody yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it's a real gift. So cool. please come if you can.
1: I ran in, into you twice on the on the highway, <laughs> and both times I completely
0: totally missed not you. Even, right, 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 right.
1: Once was at your favorite restaurant, Taco Bell. No, that's not my. I don't. Yeah. That's not my favorite. It's my yeah. kid's favorite yeah. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And the other was you were late for mass. I was. I, <laughs> I was call like, you. I called, and he goes <laughs> like, oh, hey, you didn't even see me or wave or say hi." He goes, "I'm late for mass." <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get to
0: the eleven o'clock mass, which I did. Ten fifty-eight. Plenty of time to spare. Yeah, yeah. Plenty yeah. of time to spare. So, hey, speaking of church, something really cool happened this week. Yeah, um, Sylvester
1: Stallone met the Pope. Wait, wait. <laughs> Did you wait, see that?
0: Stop everything. It's Why don't we hysterical. talk about this ahead of time? Go, go on. Because
1: you got you to, some things have to surprise yeah, you. Yeah, I guess so. There's some great pictures. Yeah, the, apparently, I don't know how it all worked out, but apparently, not apparently, uh, Sylvester Stallone, his wife, and a couple of his kids met the Pope. And the Pope actually said to Rocky
0: him- Rocky meets the rock. That, yeah. That's yep, the headline. Yep.
1: And the Pope says, "Yeah, we grew up to your movies." And I'm thinking, "How old are you?" If if, if an 86 year old is saying, "We grew up on your movies," yeah, so, I know. And then apparently Rocky like put up his fist. And I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah. you
0: have to do like the
1: fist pose it's anytime so, you with Stallone. Google it. Some of the photos are just oh, that's hysterical. fantastic. That's great.
0: Well, in lesser news, right? I mean, obviously, there's nothing that can you know, nothing can compete with that. But did you hear about the family? That the Pope beat I think beatified, right, or canonized? Just,
1: no, I don't. I did not hear a lot about it. No, and I thought it was beatified, but it is. It okay, is. I'm yeah. looking at it now. Yeah, I actually yeah. have inf-
0: information in front of me, so okay. this is great. Um, so uh, it's the Alma family. It's a family in Poland. It's an incredible story. Um, OSV has this beautiful 10 minute video. If you guys check out OSV, but. Um, an entire family is being beatified. What occurred was that the Ulma family uh, were hiding Jews in Poland during uh, Nazi-occupied World War II. And so they, uh, they, the Nazis found out about it. They killed, obviously, the Jews. But then they killed the parents, and then they decided to kill all the kids. So they, they killed Josef and uh, Victoria, um, who was very late in pregnancy, and they had six other children. Um, eight, seven, six, four, three, and then one, hmm. and just shot them all. And um, Victoria, after she was shot, went into birth, because she was that far uh, that she was that far along. Hmm. So just a, tra- a, a tragic story, as there were so many tragic stories of World War Two, but also a beautiful story. What a um, witness. It was an incredible witness. witness. And Yosef, uh, f- his hobby was photography. There wasn't a lot of cameras back then. So there's just lots of pictures of this family. They, they seem just joyful and beautiful. Um, nobody knew they were hiding Jews. And some people say, well, how did the Jews even know to go to them? And it was just because of their generosity mm-hmm. that they thought that this would be the family that they could be taken care of. And they, they certainly did. They all gave their lives. And so it's the first time a family has been beatified altogether. It's the first time it's the youngest life to ever be beatified, you know, in the sense of she was, you know, literally gave birth and that mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that are beatified and the feast day that they're doing for this family is their wedding anniversary. Oh, that's cool. Which is really not the day of their death, but it's right, the right, wedding right, anniversary. Right, right. So it's it's really just awesome in terms of like a holy family. Um I just, you know, I, I just love it. I just love a lot of the stuff that Pope Francis does like this. Um, well, it's
1: one of the things that he spoke about a long time ago, or very early in his pontificate, and that was to raise up men and women. When you look at the statistics, you know, the number of priests, mm-hmm. religious, um, you know, virgins, and he wanted to raise up more families. Mm. And so this is a great example of that. But it's this story is pretty profound. There's been, you know— accusations that the church or Christians didn't do much for the Jewish people during the time. And, and that simply, could, could we have done more? I suppose we could always do more, right? Right. But this is a great story. Literally, people who gave their life. Right. Like, to make sure, yeah. That's a beautiful story. Um, Mom and dad were how old, like? Mom, uh, so dad was 44 oh, and Olma was 32. My goodness.
0: So, um, yeah, they obviously the Nazis wanted to make an example of them. Yeah. So other Polish families wouldn't shelter Um, Jews. But um, yeah, it really just, just, it's just an ordinary, it's just an ordinary holiness in extraordinary circumstances. You know, I mean, we can be grateful, at least in a place like the United States, that we don't suffer that kind of persecution. But,
1: um,
0: you know, we suffer other kinds of persecution. And I think when you see somebody give their lives as they did, I mean, they, they knew exactly the risks, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't like, oh, wait, that you, you'll kill us for that? Like it was the Nazis. It was mm-hmm. occupied Poland. You know, they knew if we let this family live with us and we take care of them, that this could be the end of our family. And even with little kids, I mean, I think the temptation would be to say like, look, I would do it. Right, right. But I'm a, I'm a father. You your, I've got – yeah, I can't yeah. put my children at risk with that. And yet the witness of faith um, is just – yeah, it's just really it's so It's pretty
1: beautiful. heroic too, just, you know – Again, one of the things the Holy Fathers wanted to do is focus on families. Um, I know uh, that—I've just gone Uh, blank—Lewis and what's—Lewis's— Zelly? Yeah, Yeah. Lewis and Zelly. right. So you've got three of that family. And was that
0: John Paul Paul II beatified them? I think—were they canonized under—
1: I'm not sure if they're canonized under he or under Benedict. Something tells me it was Benedict, but I could be mistaken.
0: But that was a huge start, you know, John Paul II opening the door for— uh, seeing sainthood in that, in that it's cool
1: because when you go to Chestahova, there's a statue of them, you know, the the husband and wife there, and also actually John Paul's parents as well in another place. But it's just so important that we that we see models and examples of people of saints, and, and I would say from a family perspective that look like us, right? Right. There's all kinds of priests that have been canonized, but moms and dads that. Now this is unbelievably heroic circumstances. Sure. You know, they obviously give their life uh, to be able to protect these people. But, um, the, the, the which is great. Which is why I don't want to take away from that at all, right? <laughs> right. But also just the moms and dads that are just faithful in the day to day and trying to love their kids and be patient with one another and and support one another and pray and, and those kinds of uh, families that are all around us. You know, yes. I I've, I always joke that it'd be nice if we had some award for the family that was just. Being a family, Just right? Being you being a know, family, right. It's, it's people like this that often, uh, rightly so, rightly so, yes. get honored.
0: Well, and I think, you know, it's those extraordinary circumstances that let us recognize the sainthood in ordinary circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, someone like St. Monica, right? You know, who prayed so much for her son's conversion. And she was canonized because her son converted. Um, so that's how we know of her holiness. And that's why she's lifted up. But if her son hadn't converted— she would have still had the same level of holiness, right. right? The saintliness. Like we wouldn't know her, we wouldn't have canonized her, but that wouldn't make her any less holy. And so I would say a similar thing. You know, I know so many parents and grandparents are praying for their kids. And of course, we all want our best for the kids. We want them to know Jesus. Um, our holiness doesn't depend on the result of it. Success, I mean, as right. as Mother Teresa always said, it's faithfulness, it's not success. Mm-hmm. And so... It's great to see the successes, quote unquote, even if successes end up in you know what seems like a tragedy, um, and that encourages us, I think, to be uh, faithful. I was speaking to Mother Teresa. I was, um, I, we have this ministry on campus called SENT Student Evangelization Network Team. It's kind of like a mini net, yeah. and we send students out to high schools, particularly for a lot of confirmation programs. So they asked me to speak at it, which was great. I was very very happy to do so. But one of the uh, opening speakers. It was Father Dentino, who's the brother of Dan Dentino, who is our dean of students. VP. VP of Student Life. Student Life. And uh, so he's a missionary of charity. He actually lives out in Kenya uh, doing some great work. But he was just talking about Mother Teresa. And he started off by asking the question, how many of you know Mother Teresa? And a number of hands went up. And he said, that's great. He said, this doesn't happen a lot when I talk to younger people because, you know, an older generation— we have vivid memories of yeah, seeing sure, Mother sure, Teresa, sure. but I'd say it's kind of like 9-11, which we're celebrating today, even though you'll hear this two days later. Like, it always stuns me that a younger generation, I mean, they weren't it's alive. not their fault. They weren't alive. They weren't you know, alive, they didn't yeah. know about it. But going back to Mother Teresa, just he said that, you know, her real gift was just how she radiated love. Yeah. Like she was present to people. It was the very, she did very ordinary things. Like she just helped people die with dignity and she and she did this in a non-christian country and she's been revered really as just a hero for humanity
1: and so we should we should start with these crusades um if if i was pope that's what's going to be our Ooh. section that's going to be our new if section I right? was if i all was right. pope all right all right if i was pope who would we beatify or mm. who would we canonize or what would we do that that's a good that's a good section for us to have but, <laughs> but is there
0: somebody you're thinking of
1: Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah, of yeah. course. Let's let's do it before people die. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What
1: could possibly go wrong? But but here is the thing: is is that um, I I mean I, I've been giving this a bit of thought recently. I think we live in a world. Is it going to be harder to make saints?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, I, I think of some of the you know, Old Testament David. David, we're going to cancel him. Um, Paul, right. we're going to cancel uh, Paul. Yeah. Timothy, absolutely not. You know, it's just in in the modern age where, I don't know. We,
0: well, I mean, certainly in in Western culture, yeah. I, I think so. I, I think in our American culture, Father Dentino said something interesting. He said that um, he's one of the—actually, it wasn't Father Dentino. Father Gregory, who introduced Father Dentino, mm-hmm. said something. Because Father Gregory uh, had discerned the MCs, uh, Missionary of Charities, before he became uh, TOR. But— When he was discerning with them, the the missionaries of charity said, it's really hard for Americans to become missionaries of charity, to live in the extreme poverty, and they they have a tough time with it. I remember, um, I don't remember, but I wasn't there, when Paul VI beatified Elizabeth Ann Seton, who was our first native-born American Mm -hmm. saint that was canonized, obviously Kateri was really the first one, you know, she wouldn't be canonized for a little bit later, I, I read this uh, homily to my students because um, she's such a great catechetical figure, but <laughs> it, it's a little bit of a patronizing homily where he was saying, "You did it. Nobody would believe that America could produce yeah, 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 a saint, yeah. but you did it." And it was like, "Thanks, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, wait, what? You know? But you know, we do live. We're just not even aware of our wealth, of our culture, of how." far gone our culture is and there's other places in the world where this is not the case so i would say that i think in the united states we do seem to have a lot going against us in terms of you know sanctity and holiness and it's it's a battle worth fighting
1: yeah no it's yeah i mean we have every grace available to us that all the other saints have had as well but the the world that it's being fought in right now is is profoundly troubling yeah. I mean it just is. And and then the other part of it is the the media age that we live in that highlights everybody's mistakes or everybody's wrongdoing or even perceived wrongdoings. I right. mean it just it's funny in a culture that is permissive of everything it's forgiving of nothing. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, and it's just it's gotten to be so so difficult I think for young people.
0: We yeah. um it's a numbing culture yeah, that's what yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. It numbs the conscience, it numbs our ability to act. Um, mm. It's so relativistic. Um, and that's why, you know, the challenge of the gospel, I think that's the the call of vocation. It's yeah. You know, even just this last Sunday, the readings were so strong, you know, about being the watchman to Ezekiel. And like, look, you need to say something. If you say something and they don't convert, that's on them. If you don't say something, that's on you. Right, right. And, and that's, that's a really,
1: challenge. Yeah, and that's really what the church has done. I mean, and she's she's ridiculed for it, but... She, she has to be who she is. You yeah. You know, she has to be that. So that's great. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit, but I think a really good transition for us, and we, I actually texted you last week. I said we didn't say anything about the Holy Father going to Mongolia. Oh, yeah, right. Which was just a really beautiful—I mean, there's only something like, what was it, 1,500 Catholics in the entire country of Mongolia. Yeah. And the Holy Father goes there. And I don't know if you watched any of the videos of I didn't. it. it was just, I saw some of the pictures. It was really, really, I li- literally their clo- his closing mass was basically with all the Catholics in the country. yeah. And listening to some of their stories and, and their history. And it was interesting. I read an article that said the church ha- always has a view of the long game. And, mm. and, and, and forgive me, it was a friar in 1248 or something like that was the first one to go, actually go to Mongolia uh, and it didn't go over very well, but yeah. but here we are. However, many hundred years later, yeah, we're going back. You know, sometimes we look at the church in twelve, fifteen years, generational. But but the Holy Father, the images of the Holy Father there was beautiful. But what it speaks to, and, and it's really what our theme is going to be about. Uh, we had talked about uh, taking a look at the synod. Is this this whole idea that one of the Core elements of the of the synod coming up is communion. Yeah, and one there's and,
0: three elements. We're going to go over the next two the other times. It's uh, but today we're talking about communion.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and a common theme of the Holy Father is those who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we be in relationship? How can we be in communion? Some of the people when they hear the word communion, well, all they think of is Eucharist, and that's really not. It's part of it in one sense, right? But it's really not the the, the thrust of what this with what Holy Fathers or or the synod the bishops and and those will be participating, at what does it look like for us to be in communion? And one of the things that the Holy Father has said time and time and time again is this sense of of being able to reach out to the marginalized, right? Those who are on the edges. And we see that, you know, why, why would the Pope go to a country where there's only 1,500 Catholics? Right. Right, because they've been marginalized. Why would the Pope go to Iraq in the middle of, the Middle East, to a population because they've been marginalized. They haven't been seen. They haven't been listened to. They haven't been heard. So that's what the Holy Father is continuing to do. And this invitation to communion is that. What does it look like for us as a church to be in relationship with another, to be able to be in communion? I mean, I'm sure close to your heart is his call to the youth, Yes, is is the youth who have often been marginalized. And we've talked about this. Is Yes, we want to listen to youth. That's not to say that they're the final word, right? but they need to be listened to. And that's really what the Holy Father—one of the things of the Synod is to listen to this population that has largely been marginalized. Right. And, and some people find that very troubling or intimidating, but I think it's going to be—it's an important step that we all need to be able to work through and walk through is what does it look like to listen to a population that, that haven't been seen, that haven't had a voice, that nobody's noticed— and that's really what this, one of the elements of this Senate is about.
0: Interestingly enough, they even use a, they even like quote a phrase, you know, we talk about the preferential option for the poor. And mm-hmm. some of the language, one of the language of the documents talks about a preferential option for the youth, that we should really treat young people in a similar way as that marginalized group, particularly when it comes to when it comes to the faith. I had a chance this last week to be in Virginia. Shout out to the Diocese of Arlington who do such great ministry, particularly with youth and young adults. And I did a I did a talk on Catholic social teaching. And one of the things that's really people are often surprised about Catholic social teaching is it's it's very much into this idea of subsidiarity, which is not to do something for somebody, but to help them do something. And even uh, Leo Thirteenth said, if we don't do that, we just end up in a welfare state where the government takes care of everybody. Right, right. But the church has always said the church should be taking care of everybody. And I'm tying this in. Even, even locally in the United States, um, because we have so many government resources, agencies, other things that take care of the poor or the marginalized, many Catholics feel like, well, I pay my taxes. So... They're taken care of, right? Or there's all these other government restrictions or things that get in the way of reaching the marginalized. Or certainly, we live in a society where we just don't want to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, we just mm-hmm. kind of take people off the streets. And so, yeah, the the idea of you know a new a new thought of what does it mean to be marginalized? You know, reaching out to the young, uh, reaching out to the poor, finding those opportunities even in our local neighborhoods of where can we help and where can we support. You know, that's kind of a practical view of it. But just having a church that has a heart for that, you know, and I think it is, I would also go back to the synod on Amazon. I remember when the Pope wanted to call a synod uh, for the Amazonian people. Now, there's not many. These are just tribes who are untouched, or if they're Catholic, they can't receive the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Everybody kept wondering what was his hidden agenda, You know, many people are like, he's going to use this to say, we should be married. Right, right, right. right, right. And and it was almost like in Western culture. I I remember I did read, uh, somebody in the registry, he did a really good job of reflecting back on that synod when it was all over and said, you know, everybody thought he had an agenda. His only agenda was actually to figure out how can we bring the Catholic faith to the Amazonians. And the, the first response was, we're talking about just thousands of people. We're not really, you know, like, why would we do a whole synod for that?
1: and because but, one person matters yeah amen. and that's really what i i think that maybe a bottom line is that everybody we talked about this as we began that everybody needs to i think relax a little bit uh, there's some some people are anxious they're nervous about what's going to come out from it but that's not a bad example honestly about everybody expected you know married clergy are going to come and, and that didn't happen who know? We're, we're not exactly sure in, We'll have to wait and see what's going to come out. Yeah. But the the thing is, is that that marginalized in, in the population, obviously, there are two populations that have gotten quite a bit of attention, uh, the gay and lesbian population mm-hmm. and transgender population and the divorced, right? Yeah. And and I mean, the Holy Father, it's, for for all of the critique that people have had of him, I mean, he's made it really clear about what he thinks about you know, gay marriage, about homosexual activity. And, the, and you can all find the quotes that says, you know, who am I to judge and all those. And there's a lot of context that's lost in that. But what the Holy Father is saying is we need to talk about this. Yeah. You know, we need to have this conversation. One of the critiques can I, that— Let me throw in yeah, a yeah, great yeah, yeah.
0: La, lo, latest example, I think this happened during the World Cup, is the Holy Father actually said um, homosexual activity is a sin, but it should not be criminalized— or punished, you know, like in terms of countries that right. will like, Country, arrest right. people and, and kill people, and, and kill people yeah. for it. Only that second half of the quote actually made it out. <laughs> <Right>. And homosexuality <laughs> like, should
1: be legalized. You yeah. know, you,
0: you just, you know, the, the quote was, homosexuality should not be criminalized or punished. Right. But then they missed the first phrase where he reinforced the fact that we do think this is sinful. That being said... People shouldn't be killed for it. People shouldn't right. be killed. You know, there shouldn't be unjust discrimination, etc. What the church has always taught. And I think sometimes we're almost afraid... To say the positive. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, exactly. oh, we're going to—
1: We're going to cause a strain. Yeah. Well, and, and it's been interesting. Again, much of it is how the media chooses or, how, or what people choose to read, and that's, that's sure. an important thing about this. But, you know, the Holy Father said, as we find in the Scripture, uh, everyone is welcome. And that's true. Everybody is welcome. And if everybody is not welcome, then that means some people are not welcome. Mm-hmm. and if some people are not welcome that could be you're not welcome or i'm not welcome <laughs> right. now with that being said it is also true that we are invited to live the commandments it is also true that we're invited to be faithful to the gospel so that this sense and sometimes I just wish the Holy father would say you know I had another one more <laughs> sentence right <laughs> right but but it doesn't deny the fact that everybody is welcome everybody's called Jesus came to res- to save everybody right and and that's just a question, what, what does it look like that those people who don't feel the gospel is for them? Now, again, we are not saying that we need to water down the gospel, that we need to change church teachings. But what does it look like to minister to these populations that are so marginalized? And that's, I don't know what it's going to look like. Right. I think that's the question is, yeah. what is this going to look like? So,
0: Well, and maybe the last thing about it, um, this this includes ecumenism. You know, this includes like reaching out to other people who believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. Eastern churches, Protestant groups. I, his motto uh, has been in this work, walk together, work together, pray together, and have a renewed commitment mm-hmm. to Christian unity. And And I like just the whole title of this is it's not just communion, it's a communion that radiates, yeah. that yeah. the vision is that when you look at the church, and we all experience this, would we say that the Catholic Church is a communion that radiates. You know, do we radiate unity? No, we don't. Are we divided? Yes, we are. And so asking some of these tough questions is really a challenge. And I think that idea of being on mission, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when we're on mission together and the focus isn't just on us and my own preferences, but on what's the Lord calling us to do and how can we work together, I, I know for me that's always a great way of finding now I have a reason to find things in common with right, another right, 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 that maybe I wouldn't have in right, well,
1: let's pick up on mission next week then. That sounds great. All right. Heavenly Father, we ask your continued blessing upon us. We pray for all the families out there uh, that you would continue to make them saints. I pray that they not be discouraged, that the call that you've given to them is difficult, and your grace is more than available. Bless the church as she prepares for the synod coming up, that we would... Go in seeking the truth and coming to understand the truth as it's been revealed to us and bring your peace. May Almighty God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. God bless you, Robert. And God bless you, Father Dave. And thank you, all of you who send us emails, who listen, who tell other people about it. You're awesome. Uh, We're praying for you. You can send us an email, hope at franciscan.edu, hope at franciscan.edu.
1: Go Go Broncos. (laughs) And the Fighting
0: Irish. Yeah, I think we can agree on the fighting Irish. All right. Do we have a second college that we care about?
1: No, other than us. Other than us.